Hola amigos, ¿cómo están? Sakura Rangers. Why do we get stuck with the stupid? God damn it, it's stuck on Mexican again. Hold on, you just gotta whack it a few times. Hold on, where's my bat? There we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna whack it and one, bam, two. Para vous français, this. You hit it in the wrong side. Hold on, let me get it from the other side. One, two, three. Hello, motherfuckers! This is the Soccer Rangers podcast, coming to you live from Spain! It's Hulk Hogan mode, I like this. Oh, we'll great, I smacked it. it all the way back to 1992. Oh. That's right, brothers. And we're here to go and talk about conventions, cosplay, and something called the World Wide Weeb. Web. The fuck you say? <laughs> Nani? The fuck you say? Okay, seriously, this is hurting my throat. This bit has gone too far. Oh. <laughs> Hello, I'm Robert. I'm the Red Ranger. Hi, I'm John. I'm the Silver Ranger, I think. And I'm Cole. I'm definitely the Green Ranger. Yep, you're the one that's just going to try to kill us all. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's yep. already tried before, right? Yep, yep. Failed every time. Who says they failed? You hit me with a baseball bat, and I'm still alive. I didn't mean to kill you that time. <laughs> and who says they won't kill you later? <laughs> it's called internal bleeding for a reason. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Anyway, yeah. Yellow, pink, black, blue. They are either lost in the void of space or on vacation. So it is back to us three again. Yes, Your favorite yes. rangers. The people you choose to listen to for some reason. It's because we have fans. Know, and I just don't understand how... You You truly are the greatest fans in the world, by the way, for putting up with this. Because, oh my god, I don't yeah, know how. Yeah, you actually listen to us. <laughs> but anyway, um, I honestly have no idea what we're talking about this week. So, you guys, t- you wanted to inform me what we're talking about? Yeah, so, uh, originally, uh, back before uh, getting lost in the dark void of space slash vacation plans uh, were remembered, we were originally planning on doing a little special about uh, internet culture and the crazy things going on around us. Unfortunately, our meme lords are not available at this time, so we decided to go a little bit smaller scale here. So, what we decided to do is... we I, First off, I have to interrupt. Who the fuck gave Tyler the title of meme lord? I think he gave it to himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he does have it printed on his business cards. I mean, it's just uh, literally right. a rubber stamp over the Soccer Rangers cards, but it's still... Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, no, it's certified meme In lord. In bright purple. I'm also pretty sure he stamps it in bacon grease, but I can't prove that. I mean, he's also... It turns purple. Yeah. Calls himself the Edgelord, too. (laughs) That means something much different in places that I know. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah. 
But so I, apparent. So what? You got a list or something? Yeah. So what? Uh, what we're gonna do instead of talking about the internet culture as a whole this time around, we're shrinking it down, and instead we're gonna talk about some of the things that we've chosen not to really talk about the last couple of months uh, because we didn't think we could fill an entire episode with it. So we're just gonna be pseudo rapid fire talking about. Little controversies that have popped up around the interwebs. And just going giving our thoughts, sometimes with absolutely no context to go and base it off of. Because in all honesty, despite Cole watching more streaming content than the horniest of frat boys, uh, even he is not really a internet person, so to speak. He does not go and live in the controversies themselves. No, like, I usually hear of internet drama third hand and i'm like oh how long has this been going on oh a week oh i've just heard about it what's the backstory for this <laughs> why are people why are people so over why are people so hung up about this huh okay goodbye like literally that's all i care about i was like i don't i'm not one of those guys that goes like oh type 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 europe die like no like no i'm not that type of person so, like, for me, when it comes to internet drama, it's usually, even though I'm online constantly, either stream, watching streaming YouTube, I'm on Twitter constantly, I'm on a couple other things just scrolling through stuff, I, if I roll run across drama, I'm like, okay, whatever. Wait for that, you don't have to finish up there. <laughs> yeah. But that's just the way that it's always been for me, and I honestly don't see much of it, so a lot of this might be out of context even for me. Yeah. So what's what's what about you, Dave? Um, I know Robert. You're not. All, you have to, no. You don't have time to scroll because you're all busy so often. Well, yeah, and I mean a lot of this stuff. I hate to say people go and share and exchange through services like Facebook. And uh, I'm going to be blunt here. I have not logged into Facebook for anything other than Messenger in literally. Wait, I'm a soccer con. Oh. Five months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like four or five months. It has been much better for my psychological standing, not going and <laughs> listening to people screaming at each other over things that don't matter. I don't care about our first subject. The childless millennials at Disney parks are ruining everything. Let's check. Okay, and I'm assuming the same is with you, um, John. I just like to hear people complain because i think it's funny personally <laughs> okay yeah I'm, i find I'm a i find it i find it entertaining that people want to waste energy on this stuff yeah okay yeah i'm a little bit there too like if i find out about it i'm like oh that's funny you're making complaints about something stupid about <laughs> the dumbest things too like the people that wanted to make that petition to change the ending to game of thrones oh my god yeah uh, we'll get to we'll get to that yeah, one that, that's robert one. number one yeah. So What's number one? Number one is a very recent story, and one still brewing controversy as it stands. The childless millennials going and ruining Disney for everyone. And by that, I mean literally one person that wrote an op-ed about it, and the internet decided to cannibalize. Yep. Okay, so where did this come from? What site? Originally, this started with a post on Twitter from a very upset parent uh, at one of the Disney parks. I believe that it's Disney World, but in all honesty, 
it's just going and tagging Disney parks, so I can't say with 100% certainty. But it's this expletive-fueled rant about the damn childless millennials. Her three-year-old son is crying and screaming, and she's getting stares from everybody that doesn't have kids. Like, they're like this child is ruining their day. It's like... Anyway, so in I'm, other words, I'm not, so I'm in other gonna, words, from the so in other words, from the sounds of it, she's reading too much into it. Well, I think that's that's my take as far as the Twitter post is concerned. The problem is the New York hmm. Post, mm. who wrote you're a, kidding, who wrote a very large op-ed talking about this and flat out going into crying that childless millennials really should not be there, <laughs> and. I find it very fascinating that this is the stance that was taken. And, I don't know, I admit, I am a little biased on this. I am, according to some, a childless millennial. Then again, I'm also an old-ass man, so God only knows what that means. I'm pretty sure that my grandfather is now considered a millennial by some standards. Uh, It's not. Technically, you're things. technically if you're the if I remember if the the new the proper definition for it is eighty five or something like that. that. That's the thing. The target keeps moving. I saw something that said <laughs> born after nineteen eighty the other day. That makes no sense. That's firmly in Gen X territory. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. But it's marketing terms. Yeah. It's not actually speaking to generational. We, we've gone over that before. Or we're not going to hash that out. But Exactly. Yeah, so I am somebody that enjoys going to the Disney parks. For me, that is a vacation you can always have. Yes, it's a little bit expensive. There's other things I could do. But it's always a nice, contained environment that I can always count on having a good time. Screaming yeah. children or childless millennials doesn't matter. It's a good no. experience as long as you go in with the right mindset. My bigger problem has been across all age groups, having done this a few times now, regardless of the age group, I go and have parents who take extremely young children who really can't go and handle strenuous activities for long periods of time that are going too early and don't have plans to go and confront that stuff. And then you have, yes, the adults that are going there who haven't fully planned out their own side of things. The number of people that I have seen, and this is more of a Disneyland issue than a Disney World issue, because you don't have the same uh, local community side of things, uh, where you can go and get an annual pass holder as a California resident for fairly cheap. Uh, Adults who don't go and plan for things like uh, water inside of the park. You know, as nice as California weather is, you got to stay hydrated. And those drinking fountains are admittedly few and far between. They're not inaccessible, but a lot of people don't think about that stuff. They start getting dehydrated. A lot of people do push the dress codes and all that stuff, trying to go and get their insta poses and all that stuff. That's definitely really annoying. They're also the ones who start freaking out at the drop of a hat when a stroller goes and ruins the perfect selfie shot. Like, there's there's problems on both sides of things, but the New York Post going out and saying that they should ban childless millennials, um, I shouldn't say they said that. that. That was the original Twitter post, but them backing this position that childless millennials shouldn't go to Disney, 
doesn't help anything. And honestly, the way that the internet has savaged them and this original poster, I think, is just as deplorable. Because... Really, it's... The, the whole point is Disneyland is fun for everybody. Yeah, that's... It's, it's literally in their motto. Yeah. Yeah, it's literally in the motto. To all that come to this happy place, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> exactly. We're all going there to have fun, and yeah. it's... By the way, I should probably mention this, that I had a chance to go to Disneyland about five years ago. I was at VidCon 2013 or 2012 or 2013, and I bought my ticket. I bought my day pass. I had it all set to go. I woke up in the morning and said, fuck it. I rolled back over and went back to sleep. Well, this is going to be a little bit one-sided since there's only two of us here, but all in favor of kicking Cole off the podcast for this heresy, say aye. 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 <laughs> it's not that I... I Out the airlock, heathen! <laughs> I'm going to say the reason why I said this is because I literally screamed myself um, mute the night, the night before at <laughs> but a you'd rather But you'd rather go to VidCon than go to... Oh, no, VidCon was over. Oh, VidCon yeah, was no, over. That's the problem. VidCon is over, and he's in this. Because no. this was this was the day after VidCon gathering that was that was that was sponsored through VidCon. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> it's a very cold thing to do. Yeah, it no, is an extremely I would I would have to... I would have gone. I just was not feeling the best, and I just rolled back over and went to bed. <laughs> Mostly because I had spent the whole weekend screaming and yelling and was and listening and like having a great time. Mm-hmm. No, and I will and I, say there there is such a thing as having to take care of yourself. So I'm really not exactly. judging you on this, but dude, that's kind of sad. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. sad, but I don't regret it now. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, and I hate to go and be this way, but yes, as much as Walt Disney did design things, especially using tricks like forced perspective to make this something that was truly unique and gratifying for children. Originally Disneyland, and most definitely with Disney World, it was designed to be something that people of all ages could enjoy. Those with families, those of individuals, children, adults. It's not a place that's designed for kids. I know Disney has this family-friendly mentality and marketing behind it, but the parks themselves are for humanity. It is the best of us, the most enjoyable elements that anybody can go and find enjoyment in. And, especially, and, for, and here's another mm-hmm. thing. Oh, yeah. here's another thing that I remember as well. You said yeah. the kid was three. Uh, that's that's what's listed in the article itself. I'll admit okay. that I did not finish the entire Twitter post because, oh my God, the language in there. Yeah, I, I think there's other I'm issues go- with this person, to be honest. But yeah, but there's other things that I've heard before about bringing young children to Disneyland, Disney World, Six Flags, blah 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 blah. Yeah, and like. Okay, and the best person that I can think of that 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 talked about this perfectly well was Robin Williams at the Met and <laughs> his special at the Met is like Mickey is like this wonderful character. Do you know what that is to a three year old? A, a six foot fucking rat. Yep. <laughs> I was like ah. And it's like the, the, like the continuation joke is like it's Go- when Goofy walks away, it's it's Dad having an orgasm. <laughs> like that's the joke. <laughs> like, like, but that just that's just the thing. It's just like kids under a certain age don't understand what they're looking at. Like, 
Like, I don't understand. Like, very, there's very few kids out there can even understand that are under the age of four or five that can understand what the fuck Paw Patrol is or whatever the fuck that is supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, a lot of times it's just the visual stimulation that they're enjoying, not so much. Like they have, their yeah, they don't know. Yeah, they don't. They don't know what the fuck a story is. They don't know anything about it. It's like that's why little kids shows are mostly just music and bent and dancing around with pretty colors. Yeah, like, I don't know. I'd say there's some pretty smart kids out there well, once oh, they yeah, hit age like of three I'm, and four that can easily oh. recognize mickey and stuff like that well, oh yeah. yeah like i'm not saying that perfectly that, aware. That, but I'm, I, oh yeah i'm totally agreeing with that but i'm just saying is that at a certain point unless you're absolutely sure of that i personally wouldn't think i wouldn't even think like even if they can identify who mickey is by watching it on the tv or watching on their little ipad or or whatever little thing they're using to watch this stuff it was like how tall is a three-year-old? <laughs> like, well, maybe really, a and foot and two feet tall. Well, and personally, oh yeah, go for it, John. I think the right age to take a kid to. I mean, I didn't go to Disneyland my first time until I was at least like, uh, like, s- s- I was like six or seven. So I didn't yeah. go to the park until I was old enough to even be able to walk around by myself. Well, yeah, and, exactly. And I'll be honest here. I think that is exactly the right kind of age to consider one of those trips. Easily. I I say this as somebody who was a California native at the time. I still consider myself a California refugee. (laughs) We did go to Disneyland every summer. Mm -hmm. I don't remember anything before age five. And my parents said they really didn't start to enjoy it until I was around eight and my brother was five. Because at that point... We weren't just hot, sweaty, sticky, and just hating ourselves in the California sun. Rolling around in a stroller, being uncomfortable and miserable. Like, I think that there is a perception that this is a place that you take a young child. And I am of the opinion, and even Disney themselves seems to kind of be in the same favor with this when it comes to full day trips. You only do that when the kids are actively engaged enough that they can go and walk themselves, have the stamina to go and handle a long time, and have the mental capabilities to go and self-regulate themselves. Because, yeah, Mm -hmm. nobody wants a screaming child going crazy for an hour at a time because they're uncomfortable or they're getting hungry every 10 minutes. Or they're on a ride and they're and they want to and they don't want to be on the ride anymore. Exactly. It's like true. Yeah. You got to get especially on like like even if it's just a small thing like um, not like what's a simple like a simple like roller coaster like not roller coaster but like an event going through like the Toy Story one or whatever the fuck it's called. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like I don't know I don't know rides at, at Disney World or Disneyland. Yeah, but like what, I'm just using that as an example. It's like what are those laser shooter things? Oh like, yeah, yeah, like uh, Buzz Lightyear's Buzz Astro Lightyear. Blaster. Buzz Lightyear, thank you. Yeah, like like a little kid under three won't understand that whatsoever, and they're like, oh well, yeah, like, and that's just gonna ruin like that's blurring past the the acting that goes into it that goes past the soundtrack. It just pisses everybody off. Yeah, no, and that. I'm all for giving kids a good time. But to me, if you are going to bring a child that's, say, under the age of five, don't plan on making that a day trip. No. That's something you do. You kill a couple. You spend a fortune and you kill a couple of hours going and doing something like that. You get a couple of pictures. You get the kid to go and meet Mickey Mouse and get the autograph or get a picture with him. Or or find Cinderella and go find Cece. 
yeah, that's just it. That's the kind of stuff you do there. But I know, and this is a weird thing to think about, because I remember loving Disney as a kid. But my experience is, so we moved out of California when I was nine. So I had two trips after my parents started to enjoy it. And those were some of the best I'd had. Went back when I was 14. We were visiting family down there. And that was a really good trip. And that was when I started spending some alone time going around the park and enjoying things. And I found myself observing, you know, this is the pubescent, horny looking at anything, Rob. Because I was terrible at that age. Mm-hmm. Not like, you know, whipping my pants out in public or, or anything like that. But just anything could set me off at any given moment. It's too much testosterone. I have thinning hair for a reason. Even then, I found myself enjoying Disney and Disneyland in particular in a very different way because I was observing different things. I was seeing things from different elements. I was seeing the creative side of the experience. And I found myself really enjoying that and being separated from my younger brother, the rest of my family, and just getting a chance to try things individually and noticing different things was actually really, really cool. And I enjoyed that so much that I did make the decision that one of these days I do want to go and take a trip, maybe with one friend or something like that, and I'll go down there and just see what the experience is like. And sure enough, almost 10 years later, actually literally 10 years later, if I remember correctly, uh, I took our friend Avery down there. That's a whole long story as to on how I ended up going with Avery, who I kid you not, I probably had had 20 sentences of conversation with before taking that trip. That was a weird one. <laughs> uh, but we went down there and that was honestly the best vacation that I've ever had. Mm -hmm. Which was funny because it was the first vacation that I'd had in 10 years. Mm. I work a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that the reason, the main reason also when I went to VidCon, I was going alone. I was uh, mm -hmm. part of the Lone Wolf crew that mm -hmm. went. Um, yeah. Which was literally a Facebook crew that went, that it was known, that it was put together to help people that were going to VidCon by themselves. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Um, and I could have gone, I had made a bunch of friends that year and I, stuff like that. But plus I wasn't feeling well. But the main thing is that with Disney is that for me, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go with friends that I'm enjoying it. Because like, I'm not, I've never been a big ride guy. I've never been like anything like that. But I still enjoy the concept of Disney. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll definitely go. Like if I ever go on a trip with you, Robert, or like yeah. John, if we ever get the whole gang to go down to California and go just spend a weekend or something over in, in Disney, that'd be fun. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I, I guess on that note, uh, let, let me go and extend this invitation to my fellow crewmates here on the SS. Dane is probably dead. Is uh, that what we're calling this? Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably fair. I mean, we haven't seen him in like, you know, six months. He's probably curled up on a couch cushion over in, in engineering. Probably, but I mean, this this thing's big. But uh, yeah, so Disney World's uh, 50th anniversary is 2021. What do you say, gentlemen? Let's do it. All right. Might as well. Cool. Yes, Admiral, um, Mi Admiral Michi has already started to go and put the plans together. <laughs> oh, great. Um, but going with that, but talking about stuff like that, like, like I find like one of my favorite things that I ever saw coming off of like, cause I scroll Facebook way too much. Um, 
was literally somebody challenging Gaston to a push-up contest. It was oh, fucking gosh. hilarious. And he lost. And this was a jockey guy. And yeah. the guy got beat his ass beat. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> like, it's just stuff like that. Like, One of my favorite things I ever saw was... Uh... It was in the new Star Wars land they got up and running, the Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they got some dedicated stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Like, dedicated. I mean, they they doubled the number of walk-around character actors that they hired just because of that area. <laughs> and, like, one thing I saw was this kid, like, with his little lightsaber out and two stormtroopers approach him. Mm-hmm. And the kid, like, does his little force push thing on him, and both of them actually fell to the ground. It was quite impressive. <laughs> And if anyone can tell you, it is very hard to fall over in those outfits and get back up. Got it. That's the way Stormtrooper outfits are made. And I thought that they were dedicated when Amy and I went to uh, Disney back in January. And I got pulled aside for interrogation by a couple of them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, they're they're dedicated, which is really cool. It helps for the magic. Yeah, I'm not sure why they needed my wallet and all my credit cards. But, I mean, I gotta go and say, I felt intimidated. I mean, they're... They're not—they're getting paid crap. Let's face it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong; it's not great pay, but it's not as bad as a lot of people make it out to be. I—I I know a not, couple of people that work in the parks, and it's like honestly—not to mention ha- hazard pay for getting choked by Vader. Oh God, right? <laughs> you couldn't pay hazard. me enough for that, for the record. I mean, nothing no, worth that. You just be mind your own business. You get choked by Vader. Yeah. So what do you do? You just pretend to get choked and fall to the ground and then grow a mustache and you're fine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Dave has died ten times. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, just come, but all in all, we both all, all I'm sure all of us agree that this entire article is way overblown and so stupid. I agree. I, 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 I yes. would agree with that entirely. And I do think that the internet needs to lay off a little bit because there was a time where you would just let people like this have their ridiculous opinions mm-hmm. and we just ignore it. Mm-hmm. We gotta stop being so reactionary, guys. It's like, no, no. The, the way you counter this is you go and book a vacation. Also, yeah, considering totally. on how bad the attendance numbers have been to Disneyland this summer after their price increases with Galaxy's Edge opening, might not be a bad thing for the sake of the park to go and book a trip anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, topic two. Yep, alright, topic number two, and this one I think you're going to spend a lot less time on. We, we brought it up a little bit a few weeks ago, but didn't really go into it. Uh, the calls for Pokemon to be taken out of the hands of Game Freak because they won't incorporate a national dex anymore into any future Pokemon games. There's enough Pokemon already. You don't need 3,000 Pokemon in one game. Yeah. That makes the... No, it's like, if we do that, if we include every Pokemon from every Pokemon game, that literally makes the new Pokemon worthless. Because then immediately, off the bat, you're going to have Pokemon, which can counteract the new Pokemon. Yeah, I... Which defeats the whole purpose. When, uh, Fire... When, I think it was, uh, the, the rehash of Hoenn, I can't remember what yeah, it was yeah. called, the, uh, when that one came out, I had actually, when I played through that game... I transferred myself a brand new Abra from my from from Zed from from Zed yeah. to that one, and I bulldozed through the fucking. Game. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's and and I even had a I had a Kadabra before I made it to the third gym. I had like 
or no, to, before I made it to the second gym because because of the of the level increasing. Yeah, I had a full. I traded my it back to myself and then back again so I could get an Alakazam. Like, like you can break that game so easy. Like I can understand a modified decks. Yeah, so they just. Yeah. Uh, for for anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, and I think that probably most of our listeners do, but just in case you don't, so Pokemon going back to the first generation more than 20 years ago, all of the titles have had the ability to go and import Pokemon from one generation to another. There was a bit of a paywall going on there when we switched over to the Game Boy Advance and you had to go and have a copy of leaf green or fire red uh, go and get the stuff from the first generation over a whole bunch of stuff i'm not gonna go and spend a lot of time on it but really you've been able to go and transfer pokemon through all the generations leading up to sword and shield which is releasing this november but game freak the guys who make pokemon They've made the decision that instead of trying to incorporate what will probably be almost 900 Pokemon at the release of this game, instead of having all of them available inside of this game, they're only going to have Pokemon that would be specifically found in the Galar region, which is the new one they're introducing. Which I think is great. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I feel a little bit weird about this one because I understand Game Freak's mentality on this. Pokemon is ridiculously competitive. Like, the tournaments that still go on with these games and the IV stats, the hidden stats. Uh, Pokemon freaking... training is a business. It really is. Oh, my God. Just <laughs> viruses and stuff like that that go and make the Pokemon stronger and certain genetic factors. It's insane on how complicated Pokemon has gotten. Anyway. There are people on Twitch, and I will... that spend entire streams doing IV training. Yeah. Like, I used to follow a guy. His name was Krusty Mustard. Really great guy. He doesn't stream so much anymore because of work. He ended up not getting a lot of... He ended up losing subscribers and stuff like that due to inactive in, in, in life mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, man. Um, but he used to spend tr- uh, entire streams in using I th- whatever... I think it was... Hole in whatever version, yeah. like one of the two versions, the, the newer, newer versions anyway. Yeah. Going around in a square on a bike. Mm-hmm. The reason for this is that he was hatching eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the only fucking reason. No, I believe and, that. And, and, and the way he was doing it is that he was literally doing breeding, breeding stuff for his poke for, for leveled, for, for a training Pokemon. Mm-hmm. EV training. He was yeah. EV training Pokemon, um, and then once he would find the one he wanted, he would take that one and then go fight specific monsters or specific Pokemon to ha- to raise up e- the secondary stats. Yeah, for which, secondary training, which is also a second thing in and of itself. Yeah, and it is insanely competitive. And I've heard of other people that just do that for a job. Yeah, I believe it. they the will people- like. And that people... sell the Pokemon on the black market. Well, they, like, yeah. they go they on said... the eBay and then they like sell these souped up Pokemon. They're like, hey, you want to win? That's literally it. Like, like they either will they will either trade they will they will they'll trade it for real world money, or they will just um, like there's there's programs out there that do creations. Yeah, 
that are easily downloaded onto it. Like, of course, they're for official tournaments and everything. There's ways to tell if they're yeah. fa- if they're fake or not, so mm-hmm. you can't use them. But it's stuff like that that you're like, really, what the fuck is this? Like, it's it's bloody insane. Well, what I find really funny is that people are just now starting to talk about this stuff. Dane and I did a skit at AkiCon like six <laughs> years ago that was literally this. We were making a joke about breeding fennekins to go and give them the best stats when they fully evolved. That's this awesome. was a joke to us six it, years ago, and now it's actually a business. It blows my mind. That was a good mind. skit. It was. But going back to the whole point of this, so... Game Freak, just think about this. Every generation, when you introduce new Pokemon, you need to go and come up with different fixes and balancing requirements to try to go and manage the new stuff that's coming in, how it's affected by the old stuff. And you have to consider every single Pokemon that's in the game. Just every based fact on fact, they can learn. Yeah, just every base factor that you're looking at. And, well, yes, the skill trees pretty much copy and paste from each generation. That part's not so hard. But all of the stat requirements, maxing, min levels, they all need to be reconsidered every single time they introduce a new Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So that takes a lot of time in development cycles to go and get this stuff done. I actually have not been very happy with the fact that there have been so many re-releases of these games that have gone on. But it's also one of those things that this is an easy way to get out a new title when most of your time in gameplay development isn't in developing new assets, it's not in writing new stories, it's going and figuring out balancing fixes to go along with the actual titles themselves. And who knows? Like, later on, they might introduce some fan-favorite Pokemon through, like, events and stuff like that. And I think that probably is the most likely case. I don't know. This is the first time they're trying something like this, and honestly, I want this to be a success. I want them to create a better Pokemon ecosystem is kind of the way that I'm looking at it. So I would love for them to be able to go and develop games quicker, which in theory this should. If Game Freak Mm -hmm. is being intellectually honest, they should be able to develop more games more quickly, give us more regions and information. They should be able to go and produce this stuff faster and be able to grow a larger and more cohesive Pokemon world. Because, yeah, okay, you could be a trainer traveling all over the world that has all of these Pokemon. But I do think that one of the charms that does come along with this is getting to experience the new world, the new culture. And I feel like it's kind of, I don't know, it takes me out of the moment a little bit when I go and see something like a Zubat in every single game. <laughs> now, granted, well, you that's have to admit kind it, of exist all over the, the world. You have to admit, though, that they're bats, first off, and two, they're the pest Pokemon. They're considered a pest. Yeah, exactly. True. But I mean, the bat, bats, bats can be the It's like, okay, I've been living with these things for 25 years now. <laughs> this isn't yeah, exactly like, new it, to me. Yeah. Like, personally, I can understand them saying, I was like, oh, okay. So it's like, yeah, of course, here's the new Pokemon that are living in this area. But of course, there's like, they, they can just like, okay, so like, yeah, there's throw Pikachu in there, throw, like, a Meowth or something like that. Like, throw the generalized stuff that you're like, okay, obviously that these guys can, like, like, bird Pokemon, for example. Like, well, I just can, did, yeah, Wingles, like, I can fu- like, Yeah, like, I can fully expect a freaking bird to fly, to migrate. It's not stupid to, well, that's to the think. They, they have seagulls in the UK, so for me, I don't, I'm not offended seeing a Wingle showing back up again. And even, like, the Zubats and the Rattatas, it's like, okay, probably not the best example, but, like, a Geodude? 
Okay, I get it. It's a rock, but you're telling me there couldn't be other rock Pokemon that could be here instead? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's just stuff like that. It's like, okay, yeah. But in all in all, though, personally, I agree with you, is that, that yes, they, like, I have the original blue from 25 years ago. Yeah. I am proud to say I have every single, I have all 150 Pokemon. The only one I do not have is Secret Mew. And yeah. that is it. Yeah, because <laughs> you'd have to go to a live event to get that. Yeah. Well, there's well, I know, I know. There's, a way there's, to do it. There, there's, there's ways, but to get it officially, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, to so officially like, get it, you had to be traded it. Yeah. Um, but in, in any case, though, I have a, I have every single version. I have every single Pokemon, and I am proud of it. And I have no intention to ever doing that fucking thing again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I definitely get that. I very, very much get that. And I can applaud the people that have completed a national dex in every single game mm-hmm. so far. But you have to remember is that if, if you want a national dex and in a game that doesn't have five fucking cartridges or the one the size of a fucking tablet, you're gonna need to you're gonna need to take a chill pill and understand that yes, you want you want this game to continue, but you also don't want to wait ten years. Mm-hmm. True. For them to create new, brand new sprites, new thing like new, like all these new things that they're gonna do, they have to do animations, especially with the new, new sword and shield. Now they're adding like full animation that that reminds me of Pokemon Stadium, and yeah. like and they're doing full spriting and everything like that. And if you want the game to show up anywhere in the next five, ten years, then I suggest you sit down, shut up, and take what you get. <laughs> yep, <laughs> sounds I, good. I I don't know if I'd go quite that far, but I could definitely agree. I. This ultimately, I think, is what it comes down to, because I, I think you guys will probably agree with this statement. If Game Freak is being genuine, which we have no real reason to not believe them on this, I can't say that they as a developer, I felt like, have ever lied to us in their development cycle. If I mean, they really only make one game. That, that's just it, and they do it well every time. They are always met with critical praise. They are always top sellers. Generally, they are console breakers, or uh, console makers, or handheld makers i guess technically this one could well no this switch is already a success so i can't say it's going to be a console maker in this case but it took x and y to go and make the 3ds a legitimate success the ds really didn't get going uh strongly until diamond and pearl came out every time one of those is released it boosts sales numbers so game freak i want to believe it i want to believe that they are an honest developer and i don't have a reason not to believe them if yeah. this allows them to go and break their cycle right now of releasing a Pokemon game every four and a half years, because the cycle between releases has gotten longer and longer and longer. If they can go and get me another game, say, in three years instead of five years, like the projection would be, you know what? I'm willing to go for this, especially if it is a brand new game and not just a director's cut version like Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon really was. Yeah, because I've like you're saying, Rob, I bet a reason that all this is happening is because they're trying to incorporate every single Pokemon. Yeah. No, that's just it. If they can actually do that, if they can go and improve the development cycle and go and maintain the same quality standards that they have, and at least this time, Sword and Shield, and I know part of this is hardware limitations not really being there this time around, this one looks way better visually, and it looks like a game that is going to have a much better narrative base because it's going to have a much more developed and visually interesting world. 
If they can do this on a regular basis, you know what? I don't think anybody will have anything to complain about. As long as they don't cut out Krogunk. If you cut out my favorite Pokemon, Game Freak, I will cut you. You know, there's a reason Krogunk is banned at tournaments, right? <laughs> He's not banned anymore. He hasn't been banned since Diamond and Pearl. Because he was broken. Another thing people are talking about this Pokemon game, which I don't really understand people are complaining about, because mm -hmm. the game is still early in cycle, is the graphics. I... Yeah, I... Uh... It's like, guys, chill, it's alpha. I... I don't know. This is one of those things that I feel like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Because you got to show off some content to go and get people interested. But unfortunately, especially with that kind of uh, gameplay where they're going and using cell shade over sprite models now. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the good detailing comes at the last part of the game. They built the basic assets, but now they need to go and incorporate <clears throat> move functions. They need to go and do detailing of things like hair. It's like... Yeah, that's like the last thing that happens, and you're kind of screwed one way or another. I I don't know. With the exception of the terrible Wingle T posing uh, going on in that demo video, I really have very little to complain about. At this point, though, I will say, if the final game looks like what we saw at E3, I might be a little bit disappointed, because that's barely above 3DS levels uh, for character model graphics. That's probably a less interesting thing, though. Anyway, shall we move on to the next subject? Yes, yes. What's, yes. Here, here. Yes. All right. Uh, the UK says loot boxes are not gambling officially. And people oh, yeah, seem very true. torn on this. I mean, it's true. You can't sell loot box. I mean, technically you're right. And it is a game mechanic that does go and affect things. I don't know. I, I feel weird supporting the EA position. When it comes to this stuff and microtransactions, but I mean, I I support the Overwatch loot crate. I I do generally like that one, and we talked about like uh, Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key and how that system works, and how you don't really need to buy the loot boxes, or I should say, you don't need to go and buy jewels to go and get the medals and all that stuff. I I don't mind it one way or another. I I think that loot boxes are one of those things that. Most of the complaints come from children that are spending a lot of their parents' money or kids that don't know how to manage their own money and end up wasting a ton on digital goods. I'm sorry. I, I'm really jaded on this. I think it's a parenting issue. I, 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 I gotta leave it at that. I, any other opinions on this one? Nope. <laughs> nope. All right. So, uh, let's see here. Uh... Oh, uh, Marvel's Avengers looks kind of terrible visually. It's, I mean, do you want, do you want Iron Man and Captain America to look like Cloud Strife? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm so confused what's going on because I remember the, uh, E3 presentation and while me not really liking the Marvel part of the presentation. I remember reading all the articles talking about on how excited people were about this game, and now it seems like all the people that were excited about it are turning on him because it just doesn't look like a finished property. It looks like it's still very early build, like PlayStation 3 era graphics. I'm like, what is going on with the video game media right now? Hmm. 
Who knows? I don't know. Honestly, I say wait closer to release. You might be surprised. Who knows? Yeah, yeah you never know. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the woke internet is pissed off at video game media for giving Wolfenstein Youngblood's bad reviews because the main characters aren't interesting despite being two fully capable females. I mean, the story sucks. <laughs> I'm going to be blunt. The that, story is garbage compared to the last Wolfenstein. I appreciate the fact that you just went there. The story I'm, sucks. <laughs> it does suck. I mean, don't get me wrong. The action is good. It's a good co-op shooter, but past that, the story sucks. I, it was nothing compared to the last two Wolfenstein games. Yeah, and, which have been fantastic. Yeah, the last Wolfenstein game to come out had a good story. It had good writing. BJ Blazkowicz was a well-written character, and then you just have the Olsen twins shooting people up. Oh my god, <laughs> I hadn't looked at it that way. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. Oh my god, dude, I, I the actually... Olsen, the Olsen I... twins in power armor. So, yeah, I, um, I, I'm kind of on John's side with this one. So I bought Wolfenstein Youngblood because... So I, I played OG Wolfenstein. Mm. And then when... Uh, what, what was the first one in the reboot? Was that New Order? New Order, yes. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, I, I played that with my neighbors. Like, mm. they downloaded it, they got it six hours early, and we played through that entire game overnight. And it's a well-written game. Oh my god, that thing is so good. It's visually stunning. It's I terrifying. Loved... Oh god, yeah. No, the, the scenes with the planes going and flying over, and you got the robotic attack dogs that are going and ripping everything apart. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? And the concept alone is terrifying when you get into the story mechanics and stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything just for anybody that has not played those games. Like, Bethesda, as much as I beat up on you for, well, everything, uh, dang, you guys got that right, and New Colossus is Honestly, one of my top ten favorite games. I so good. I absolutely adore it. But I don't know. I I don't have so much of a problem with the fact that Wolfenstein Youngblood isn't getting great reviews. I don't think it has anything to do with sexism. I think it just has to do with the fact that Bethesda feels like it's getting lazy on literally everything now. Like Rage Two is the only thing I can think of that's gotten solid reviews recently from them. And it got, like, no coverage. Yeah. I don't know. It's really weird. I, I don't know what's going on with that stuff, but Todd Howard, it, you gotta fix this, man, okay? Things aren't working anymore. It don't just work. MXR reviews, or sorry, MXR mods, he's given up on you. He isn't installing statues in his mods anymore of you and your greatness. I don't know if anybody else cares about MXR mods, but it's one of my favorite YouTube channels. <laughs> Cole is going and showing his hand up in support. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's funny. Yeah, oh no, I, I, I love him, but honestly, uh, yeah, I mean, Bethesda, you got problems here. I, even another subject, which I don't think any of us have anything to say about other than just a slow clap, and please feel free to do this. Uh, Fallout 76, their last patch literally broke a broken game. Really? How you do that, I don't even understand. Uh, so apparently wow. the latest patch went and, uh, was designed to go and fix and incorporate 
a lot of elements that were missing from the original game, provide balancing options for quests, random drop items, and now it's taken the game where no amount of farming, well, I should say they fixed it since then, but there's no amount of farming that is yielding anything of quality. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know how the hell they did it. And I want Fallout 76 to be good. I know, I just... I like it, I like the concept. I love playing Fallout with my friends. Yeah. It's no. just, there's no, it's a sandwich with no meat. Yeah. No, I, I just don't understand it. I, I hope with this new roadmap they have that the updates that are coming through, and it seems that they're listening to us. We posted our review. God, when was that? That was back in December, I want to say. Yes. Because mm -hmm. Bethesda was nice enough to go and give us some keys. And we played it. And we all saw that there is a good game hiding under the surface. But it just feels so empty. And we made suggestions like a caravan system, bringing in live NPCs and all that. And it's like, huh. E3 comes around. Oh my god, everything we asked for. Caravan systems and live NPCs. Yes. Uh, so, Bethesda, I don't know if you're still listening to us at this point. You, you might have decided to write us off because we didn't give a glowing review. I'm not really sure. You wrote us a nice letter after we submitted it. So, I think we're on good terms. Bethesda, put in the NCR. <laughs> Please put in the NCR. I don't care if it's a trench coat outfit. I'll still buy it. <laughs> Creation Club people, get on it! Uh, yes! Anyway, going I will into, throw my money at it. Yeah. Uh, anything else to go and say on Fallout 76? I know it's old news at this point, but... Please put in NCR trench coat. Alright. Uh, something I think we all have something to say about, though. Um, the kings that have fallen from grace. The masters of the creative universe who now can't seem to go and write their way into a decent story mechanic... Uh, Bioware and Anthem have hit an all-time low in terms of uh, uh, weekly users. Uh, Microsoft no longer has it in the top 49 games that are being played in the course of a month. Uh, Twitch has it as one of the least watched games in the category now. Generally going and averaging under 50 uh, watchers at any given time. It's pretty much fallen apart in every way. Despite, weirdly, EA showing all the support in the world. I don't know what the hell is going on anymore. Yeah. EA's so not I just pulling the plug on a project or going and shutting down a studio after a bad launch and, well, bad reception? What the fuck has happened to this world? I know. Something, I don't know. They're throwing all, they seem to be putting all their effort into Anthem. Yeah. And look, personally, I wanted Anthem to be good. The concept of power armor and flying around like Iron Man was really cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. But everything we saw at that E3 uh, video, mm -hmm. none of that was in Anthem. Yeah. And then, I don't know, it's just Anthem felt like an unfinished game. Yeah. Yeah, it's another one where there's definitely a good game underneath it, but I don't know what I'm experiencing. It's not a Bioware game. And part of me wants to blame EA for it. I I was blaming EA when it launched. But they're putting everything behind it. 
The EA's president is going out and saying that we will continue to support this for years. We're trying to fix the problems. I don't know what the hell happened. I just don't understand it anymore. I, I got nothing else to say beyond that. I just... Wow. Just... Wow. Anyway, let's go and pull up some other things. Uh, oh, this is this is one. I suspect that Cole's aware of this. If he's not, I think this is going to be awesome. So, uh, popular Chinese streamer. I cannot pronounce her name or the streaming service that's attached to this. Uh, she's been playing video games uh, behind a anime-inspired character. Uh, being on her tab the entire time has been collecting money from people uh, who have been demanding to see her face, the fantasy and all of that stuff, collected literally tens of thousands of dollars on the I Chinese have not heard, I'm going to say this right now. I have not heard about it, but I but I can already guess where this is going. Oh, my God. This, this is <laughs> one of my favorite stories of the year. I have two options that I can bet it is. So let's keep all going. right. All right. So... Has collected tens of thousands of dollars, always played coy, has a very sweet voice and all that stuff. Okay, can I guess before, before, tell me when you're about to reveal, because I'll take my Yeah, I, I will tell you what's about, to, or I will, uh, I will go and uh, ask you what you think is going to happen here. Okay. So, a couple of days ago, during a stream, the mask came off, a mm. glitch in the system, took down the thumbnail that was going and covering her face, and revealed her to be... One of two things. Either mm -hmm. not very pretty, or guy using a voice changer. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is neither! Oh. What? Yes, this is a fascinating turn of events. This streamer is, granted, a little on the older side than you would expect. Everybody assumed that she was a mid-20-something gamer. Turns out to be a 53-year-old mother hmm. of a gamer. Actually, I think very attractive for her age. I really have nothing bad to say. I absolutely love this story because at no point did she lie about her identity or anything like that. She just always chose not to go and respond with her name and all that stuff. She was collecting donations through the twitch-like entity that exists only in china because you know government censorship uh and her subscriber count has actually gone up since the reveal <laughs> of who that's she awesome. is that's awesome i a, absolutely love this story i'm great glad story. to hear something nice out of china for a change what that say you friends cool. that is quite cool i like that. i like that's that funny. it's nice yeah. that, that it actually happened in a way that it worked yeah, happened like like I of course I of course assumed badly because <laughs> just from what I assumed like because this this shit happens like yeah it's like you don't know you don't know who you're playing against in these games anymore mm -hmm. exactly that's the mysterious that's the mystique of it yeah I cannot exactly. argue at all yeah no I just. This is one that I really didn't think was going to be any sort of controversy. I don't think there is any controversy over no, this there one. Isn't. I just, I ran across this the other day and was like, oh my god, this is such a nice thing. Because, I don't know, 
I don't think that Cole watches these kind of personalities no. on any of the streaming stuff, but... I only are... watch a little bit. Of t- I, I stick to Twitch usually. I don't usually go to third party. Yeah, I don't no, even go... But... I didn't I didn't even do YouTube streaming. Yeah. Um, but, but no, even... I, tend to, I tend to stick to my core group of games that I usually follow and, mm-hmm. to, my, and to my variety streamers. Yeah. So. And, and that's kind of the thing. So uh, Twitch in particular, I don't know. Twitch is a very different kind of animal because, like, uh, on YouTube, for example. Nope. <laughs> no, I just thought of something I wanted to add next after the speaking of Twitch. Well, Keep going. No, 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 no. If, if, if you got something to say that's tied into this, please go for it because I'm, I'm going to take this in a little different direction than probably expected. No, 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 no. This is actually a completely different topic, so you keep going. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So just keep 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 a pin in it. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, Twitch is kind of a different animal because YouTube... People figured out many years ago with YouTube that having a successful channel very rarely comes along with being yourself and going and putting out the content that you really enjoy making a lot of times. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of managing that goes into it. There's a lot of development that goes into it. And generally speaking, most people, while they can play a version of themselves, are definitely playing characters they're designing their YouTube image, their presentation for their shows around a certain element of themselves or something outside of it. Uh, even channels that I really like, like, say, Game Theory. MatPat, if you watch the GT Live shows and compare that to the presentation in Game Theory, are completely different people. Yes, they are. Yeah. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. I don't mind it. I actually like the fact that I get to see him on both sides, him talking about business stuff on GT Live, uh, and then actually getting to go and see the final content that gets produced at the end of it with game theory or film theory. But a lot of shows that are, I should say, a lot of channels on YouTube are less about people's honest interests and just doing this stuff for fun and more about trying to go and meet the YouTube algorithms, making sure they don't get lost in the process, and making sure that they're still going and getting their ad revenue money that goes along with everything. You know, there's a reason why things like the adpocalypse go and shake so many people and why we lose so many channels whenever YouTube changes the algorithm. Twitch has been a bit of a different thing because it really popularized just with people doing the stuff they enjoy, showcasing stuff, doing Let's Plays when they like it and all that. But ever since things like the Partners Program got introduced, uh, as well as a lot of donations and monetization, we've seen a lot more, shall we say, targeted entertainment finding its way over there. Mm-hmm. developing more of a personality for show during streaming than what necessarily a person actually is and catering the content to viewers to go and guarantee maximum ad rev or not ad revenue, but maximum donations and pledging. Mm-hmm. It's becoming a very different thing than what it was even just a year ago. And it's only going to continue to be more and more like this, especially with Twitch. Cause they're, um, very inconsistent with how they go and uh, enforce rules behind the platform. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the thing that I am going to be talking about is very much a part of that. Well, please, take the floor. Okay. I found out about this today, mm-hmm. um, a little, but it's from something that happened a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a streamer on Twitch named the partner, a Twitch partner streamer called The Heathered Effect. 
Hmm. Okay. Now, she was, um, I believe her thing, her the clip of the, of a particular stream from last week had a, had a clip deleted because somebody complained because of she was breastfeeding her son. Ah, yes, I've heard about this. You heard about this. Yeah. Today, Twitch got back to Heather, confirming that it is not against TOS and not sexual. So it does mm-hmm. not affect anything along with TOS. So in other words, everything was restored and everything is perfectly good with that. And Twitch is on her side. Yeah. Which... Of course... It, and apparently this whole thing caused this huge controversy because somebody essentially had reported this it was just like uh, as a sexual type thing and apparently it was like this whole stuff just of her nursing her daughter and it just was like really controversial and a lot of stuff that was just horrendously overblown etc 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 um it was just really dumb and but personally it just this particular thing is like i personally agree with the how twit um that this shouldn't have even been bothered with it was like because it's not sexual at all, and it shouldn't have even been brought up into an issue, but apparently it was. So. Yeah, well, it, this is one of the things that gets me a little bit about Twitch, because, it, and I can pretty much guarantee what happened this time around, because mm-hmm. from my understanding, uh, this person, it's a pretty wholesome Twitch stream, or, or Twitch streamer, all things considered. Yeah. Doesn't do anything provocative or anything like that. Having no. not done she's not, research, she's, yeah, she's yeah. not one of those cleavage streamers. Yeah, that's just it. And I find it very interesting that she found herself on the receiving end of the Twitch system that people have been banned uh, or they've had their streaming privileges or donation privileges taken away for just slips of the tongue, accidental comments, or occasionally somebody like getting up out of their chair and their pants slipping a little bit and revealing underwear. We've seen that happen to dozens of guys. And yet for some reason, Twitch, when somebody has the accidental moment on where their underwear starts showing on a female streamer's platform, it never seems to result in anything. Like it has sometimes, don't get me wrong, but there does seem to be a clear double standard as far as Of course there is. Yeah, exactly. I, I find that very interesting that this was the thing that got the Twitch guys going. And I think I I have a theory as to why this is going on. Go ahead. I have a theory. So this may be, you know, tinfoil hat stuff going on here. So forgive me if I start sounding like Alex Jones and start talking about the chemicals turning the freaking frogs gay. Uh, no, I'm not going to be doing any of that stuff. What? <laughs> I'm not going to go there. This is... Alex Please. Jones, very funny character. Oh, wait, no, he's serious. That's depressing. Anyway, something that seems to be pretty apparent. So, my guess is, with this situation, you probably had, because this is, once again, a pretty wholesome channel. My understanding is that a lot of teenagers watch this particular uh, Twitch streamer. My guess is probably some parent caught their kids going and seeing this, did not have any context as to what was going on, reported it, Twitch acted, they're going, oh, geez, this is not good, this is not a good thing at all, it's a family-friendly thing, it's got the right tags and all that stuff. Oh, and they're probably not making us a lot of money either, you know, we don't get any little bit of these bits that you're going and giving these people. 
uh, off of uh, her off of streams like this. So uh, we're we're gonna go and investigate this one because I don't think they were ever planning to fully take away privileges and all that stuff. But you know, launch the investigation and all that stuff because this ultimately makes them look good for a change versus normally people are complaining about. Well, this guy got banned because you know he stood up a little bit and you saw his underwear. This girl over here has flat out shown her boobs on camera and has had nothing happen to her. Mm -hmm. But I think the difference is a lot of these people that are doing this, the cleavage streamers and all that, um, these, God, they're, they're, I, I heard a title floating around for this when I was doing a little bit of uh, uh, looking into this whole story, because I didn't believe it initially, to be honest. Uh, like slut streams or something like that. I can't remember the life yeah. they're calling them. I think that's uh, one name for it. Yeah. So that's become a very popular thing, and it doesn't seem to be hardly ever any reaction to it. And the reason that everybody seems to be pointing to is uh, Amazon, who owns Twitch, makes a lot of money. They take like 2% of your donations when you go and throw stuff over to people. They take a whole 2% of that. And a lot of the people that are doing this are basically cam girls. Without the full-on nudity. Hmm. They're making a lot of money doing this stuff. Uh, I need to go and actually look into this farther, but the article that I was reading said that of the top ten streaming channels, if you discount uh, the four of them that are actually regular media companies, the others are just single female identities that are going and collecting literally thousands of dollars a month in donations through the Twitch service. Weird. And, yeah, looking at the couple of them that were listed in this article, okay, I can definitely see why. There are some very attractive ladies, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And if but there's this one thing one... I've learned about men over the years, they'll throw yeah. money at attractive ladies. Yeah, mm -hmm. hoping that they'll wiggle something in their direction. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this particular story, it's just... I, see, I think there might be a little bit more into it, and I don't know if we'll get into it very much more. But in all regards, I think it was just pretty damn stupid and da 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 da, and I et cetera et cetera. All right, and final story, because I always think this is interesting here. Google Stadia is back in the news because they finally clarified a couple of things about their service that they didn't talk about leading up to E3 and all that, despite getting a lot of press with what they did show us. Their pre-orders are in free fall. Long story short. The Netflix of games apparently is more just another digital eShop. Mm. So, while they will be offering several games for free, most of the content that they're going to be putting out is going to be $60 purchase titles, just the same as what you would go and get through, say, Steam or the Epic Game Store. Wasn't well, that just ironic? It's it's a little bit sad, because I know the one thing that was getting a lot of people was, especially talking about their premium plan, you know, being able to just go and browse the library of games and buy some. A lot of people thought, oh, I'm going to be able to go and buy this real cheap since I don't need to go and get any of the digital licenses and all that. It's all managed by them. No, no, Google's just going to charge you $60 for a game and stream it to you. Yep. So, uh... Yeah, you know, I'm just going to say, during a Steam sale, I'm pretty sure that uh, the amount of money that I'd spend on games, uh, I could go and buy a PC with the difference of what I would spend between this and that. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it, it 
I mean, it always sounded too good to be true. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't really argue that. I don't know. I, I think this kind of raises a bigger question right now. So PlayStation has announced that for the first time ever, their uh, digital, distribution sa- uh, digital distribution sales have surpassed the 50% mark over physical media. Uh, Epic Game Store is going and trying to get as many high-end exclusives as possible. Uh, Borderlands 3 being arguably the you know, biggest one on a lot of people's minds with the soon-to-be-release point uh, coming up on September 13th. Uh, though that one's only a six-month exclusivity with the Epic Game Store. It'll be coming to Steam in 2020. Uh, same with the uh, Outer Worlds. Uh, you can buy that either on the Epic Game Store or through the Windows Store, which I keep forgetting even exists, uh, coming to Steam next year. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious to hear what you guys think, because I've made my case clear in previous uh, episodes of the podcast that I like owning physical media. I know that we really don't own these games as a whole. There's a whole bunch of licensing stuff that goes along with it, but I like the fact that I have at least a physical copy of something that I could backhack to be able to use down the or down the road versus potential digital distribution where games like Alan Wake no longer exists anywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of curious I, on how you guys feel with all the stuff st- with Google Stadia on this. I'm still partial to physical media. I'm going to be honest. I'm still partial to it. Eventually, it will get to the point where physical media will not be necessary. I think we're almost to that point, and eventually we'll have to put up with it. But till then, I am still a fan of physical media. I like looking at my wall and seeing this nice category of games and DVDs and all this stuff here. Yeah. It's kind of like a bookshelf, you know? You like to look at your bookshelf and see all the books there. Yeah, Yeah. can't really argue that. Exactly. Even if you're not going to read those books a second time. Yep. (laughs) Or play that game for a fourth time. Oh my god, right. (laughs) But in any case, though, um, and for me, I personally have never been a fan. Like, I I like the streaming just because it was like, oh yeah, that's awesome. But when I saw this this, uh, service that was coming up, I'm like, really? I saw saw it for what it was. And it was just, it's just another service. Pretty much the, the another streaming service that that's gonna, that's trying to be separate from the Microsoft Store or or, or Apple or etc etc yeah all the extra junk yeah yeah well on that note please tell us because actually Cole a couple of weeks ago you put out a request to you know pitch ideas for new episodes and all the, or for new uh, content. And people, for the first time, have actually responded to us. Uh, so I would love for you guys to respond to us again and tell us, what did you think of this? Would you like to go and see us occasionally just go and do a news roundup like we did here and talk about the things that we don't really think are controversial that are apparently a controversy according to the internet? What do you think on that? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Do you think we should all die in a fire? Do you think we should just go and... Uh, get Amy in front of a camera with nothing but a bikini top and go and, you know, monetize her on Twitch. I don't know. We want to hear from you. Let us know what you think at SoccerRangersPodcast at gmail.com. DM us on Instagram or Facebook at either uh, Soccer Rangers Crew and Podcast or uh, at Soccer Rangers on Instagram. 
we are on uh, Twitter. There's really nothing else to say. We are on Twitter. We're not posting anything on it, but we have a Twitter. If you really feel like going and posting there, I know uh, most people don't seem to actually care all that much about it anymore. It's more of a notification service than it's anything people care about these days. But we have one anyway, so go and hit us up there. Listen to us wherever free podcasts are sold. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.